Hey, hey, welcome back to another episode of the Racing with Ryan podcast presented by our friends at Hype Motorsports and 124 Welding and Fabrication. That's right. We want to welcome them on board. They are sponsoring this particular show and uh, we greatly appreciate their support and um, always good to have some new sponsors on board. So thank you to Hype and 124 Welding and Fabrication for making this all possible. Um, So big show today doing some fun things on this one. Of course, we're going to talk about the season finale at New Smyrna. Uh, We'll talk about the Martinsville race from NASCAR. Pretty wild event that was, uh, all shaping up into the season finale at Phoenix this coming weekend. So we'll recap all that stuff. And at the very end of the show, well, the last half of the show, I should say, uh, we are going to have some Q&A. That's right. We had some uh, listener uh, supplied questions and we are going to answer those. We're going to bring Margo in for the second half of the show and uh, she'll join us to kind of moderate the questions and uh, we'll answer um, the questions that we got to the best of our ability and have a good discussion with that. I think you guys will enjoy that uh, secret. It's already been recorded. We record this show in whatever order we can. So um, I can tell you we, we have some great discussion. we got some great questions. I think you guys will enjoy that. So um, we'll go ahead and get right into the first half of the show. I want to touch on the season finale at New Smyrna. Um, it was a good night. It, it was it was an interesting night. A lot of the drama, though, that um, we had hyped up and talked about didn't happen on the track. It, it all kind of happened um, kind of after the fact. And we'll just get right into it. LKQ Superstocks finishing up their season with two pretty straightforward races. Not much drama. Uh, Unfortunately for the Spears gang, they were down a car, basically, for for the night. George Spears had to hop into Justin's car. And ultimately, that situation ended up costing him a championship. Um, You know, and not for the reasons you may be thinking. It wasn't like, oh, he hopped in in, in his brother's car, the night went bad, and Bobby Holly beat him. Uh, because George got two second-place finishes in his brother's car, but uh, was torn down in tech, and uh, the car did not meet specifications with the with the crate motors, uh, you know, um, guidelines. So the car was DQ'd for both races. You know, that's a loss of two second-place finishes. That's a lot of points and qualifying. I mean, that's a, um, goodness, 70-some-odd point loss for George. Took him to third in points, um, you know, you, you wanted to see all of this decided on the racetrack, and unfortunately, it was decided um, in tech. But, I mean, that's part of the rules. Bobby Holly put up the money to have him torn down. Um, the fact that, you know, from some of the things that I heard people say from, from George, he wasn't worried about it. And sometimes, you know, things get found out. And from what I understand, and I could be wrong, but from what I understand, it was a motor that was purchased and put in the car, I, I don't believe that the Spears gang nefariously did anything to this motor. I, I just think that um, it didn't conform and uh, it didn't work out in their favor. Um, so I think it's just one of those situations where you get something, you think it's good, and then come to find out it's not. And um, the end result is what we thought at the end of the night did not end up being true. So... George, who went through a lot of adversity to uh, to win the championship, uh, to come back in his brother's car and have two second-place finishes to end up the season, uh, well, at the end of the day, it was actually Bobby Holly who stood triumphant. Um, there was a lot of drama 
throughout the season, the LKQ Super Stocks between Bobby Holly and the Spears Bros. The Spears Gang, I guess, because you can add Don Duvall and some of those other guys, Paul Kochi into the mix. Um, really, the only on-track incident of the night was when Don Duvall spun Bobby Holly with a lap to go in race number two. So I don't necessarily think that all of that stuff is necessarily settled. Uh, Governor's Cup could be very interesting as far as the on-track stuff goes. I mean, I hope not. I hope we have a great race, but there's a lot of money on the line in that race, and I think we're going to see some some wild action. So um, stay tuned for that. Um, but to sum up the final race of the LKQ Super Stocks, um, two different winners that I did not expect. I, I expected Spears and Holly to probably split the wins, and that was not the case. Don Duval dominated race number one, took the win, um, didn't fare too well with the invert in race number two, kind of got stuck in the, the back of the field, uh, hit the wall at one point, got involved with the spin with Bobby Holly, so that kind of sent him back a little bit, but um, race number two went to David Gould, so two drivers that are, of course, capable of winning on any given race night, but really hadn't been the dominant forces of the season and their seasons on a high note, so it was nice to see some different faces up there. Um, like I said, the races were pretty clean, all the drama was afterwards in tech. And uh, congratulations to Bobby Holly for doing what he had to do to make up for missing a race. And for, you know, he's been racing for a long time, so he could probably sense that that maybe something was off with that car. Or maybe, you know, instead of getting on Facebook and, and yapping about um, the rivalry, he kept quiet and hit him in a different way. So, you know, there's 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 silent rivalries and there's brash rivalries and Bobby Holly took the silent route and um, I took it to the tech shed instead of taking it to Facebook or taking it to video or taking it to walking through somebody's pit and yelling at him because um, hey it's no secret that these guys aren't friends and there's been a rivalry all season and it ended up being decided in the tech shed instead of on the track and as a race fan uh, you know I'm not going to take anything away from anybody doing what they have to do but it's kind of disappointing that it had to come down to this at the end of the season instead of settling it on the racetrack because as as race fans when you go to the races the guy who sees the checkered flag you want that to be it and that wasn't the case um but hey congratulations to bobby uh the spears gang had a great season too um you you have six seven guys that can win in the super stocks right now and if we can all get them to race at the same time be a heck of a championship battle. I, I hope that next year is a better season as far as keeping people on track and, uh, you know, keeping things legal and, and keeping the racing close and competitive because, yeah, all, all these guys race and they want to come out and win every week. But as, as race fans, you want to see good competitive close racing. And I think we can have that with a super stock. So as long as everybody's on the same page, um, I, I think that it will be better racing and I think next year can be good as long as everybody keeps their head on straight. Uh, I, I can't wait for this governor's cup race, 1200 to win. Um, I don't know if everyone's going to keep their head on straight, to be honest with you. Um, if, if you're looking for a reason to come to the prelude, I, I think, um, this rivalry that's by me, by all means not done yet is going to rear its ugly head. Uh, that's just my prediction. I'm not encouraging that. I'm not egging that on. I just think that somebody's going to get into somebody and it's going to trigger some stuff with, with the with the money on the line. So stay tuned. We'll see how that goes. But OKQ Superstock in the season or in the books, season complete. Congratulations to Don Duvall and David Gould for taking the wins. Congratulations to Bobby Holly on uh, his official championship. Um, 
I know he's got many, many championships. I'm not even sure how many this is now, but he had a good year. Uh, kind of got screwed over, if you want to be frank, um, on the reschedule when he missed a race and uh, got himself right back in it and won the championship anyways. So uh, he, he overcame a lot too. A lot of people overcame a lot. What a weird year. Man, if Don Duvall hadn't missed those couple of races midseason, maybe he would have been the champion. That would have been a story. But nonetheless, it's over for the regular season. And on to what we'll call the finale, the real finale of the year, the Governor's Cup. We'll see what's going to happen there. Um, the Florida Southern Ground Pounders were also in action this weekend. Um, man, they've they've had some turmoil, some inner turmoil with the president, Toby Smith, and the Hattons not getting along. And Chris Hatton showed his displeasure at the beginning of the race. If you go watch Speedway Video's replay, you'll see uh, Christopher Hatton banging on the back bumper of the number 12 car. And just, I, I thought he was going to wreck him uh, as we took the green. Thankfully, he didn't. There really wasn't any major incidents. Um, but there's major tur- turmoil in the Florida Southern Ground Pounders. And it, from what I've heard, from what it sounds like, the vintage cars will still be at New Smyrna, just not under the Florida Southern Ground Pounder name banner anymore. Uh, it'll be a track-sanctioned class, the vintage cars. So those guys will still have a place to race, but the track will be in control of, you know, what goes on. You know, they, they'll. it's not going to be led by somebody else. Uh, it'll be led by the track. So stay tuned for that. We'll see how all that plays out, hopefully for the better, because the Ground Pounders had a good thing going and inner turmoil kind of tore him apart. Uh, Bud McIntyre got his second consecutive one of the year, and Christopher Hatton did win the championship, so congratulations to those guys. Um, congratulate, I'll give John Smith another shout-out, too. He's uh, I don't know him too well, but he seems like a pretty good guy. Uh, got a cool-looking race car, got his first podium finish, so it's nice to see another fresh face up there. Um, but the Ground Pounder regular season in the books, they race Governor's Cup, and I think they're racing the Armadillo as well. Um, you know, all things considered. Uh, we'll, we'll see if they are actually going to race. Uh, we'll, we'll see what the track decides. I think it's kind of up to them now going forward after Governor's Cup. So we'll see what develops with the Florida Southern Ground Pounders and the Vintage Racing Division. More to come on that. Um, Bombers. Bombers were also in action to finish up their season. Um, I want to give a big shout out, big congratulations to JCM Motorsports. Uh, they basically had the championship wrapped up, so I can jump ahead Not a whole lot of drama as far as the championship went. Um, Eddie Evans uh, didn't have a good night, but secured second place. Um, Just thinking back to the Q&A, after scrolling through the questions, I know he had asked a question about, uh, and we didn't cover this on the the Q&A because it kind of got lost in a a comment thread, but um, he was wondering why he didn't get uh, a chance to change his tires, get laps. Well, we only give laps for a tire change if you bring out a caution. So he pitted under green there. The, the race wasn't halted because there, there wasn't on track conditions that warranted a yellow. Um, so I could understand where his frustration lies there, but, uh, typically the, the three laps or the two laps, whatever it is, is done under yellow, not under, they're not just going to stop the race, uh, and let you change your tire and come back out. Um, but if there is a caution and typically, you know, your lead lap car, you're in contention, they will give you time to change your tire. Um, so keep that in mind for next time. Uh, obviously, bringing out a stopping on track, bringing out a caution is not encouraged. But if you make it to pit road and then you get upset because they didn't stop the race um, to ch- let you change your tire, um, that's just that's not the way it works either. So, uh, but I understand 
where he was with that. Wasn't the, the way he wanted to end the year, but Jim Snyder did secure the championship. He and uh, Eddie Evans, Jim Snyder, uh, two one in the points. So Jim wins it. Eddie's second. Good season for them. Um, I guess they're a little frustrated right now because there may be some rule changes coming down the pipeline that uh, they, they feel like maybe um, will take away a, an advantage that the team has. Um, but honestly, uh, what I'm going to say about any rule changes, if, if you have two of the best drivers in the pack, then any advantage or any equaling of the playing field, even if it's bringing the the back half closer to you, not not so much killing your advantage. If if you're some of the best drivers in the field, the cream's always going to rise to the top. So the best drivers are always going to overcome and are always going to be up the front. So I don't see any reason why, even if there are rule changes, that JCM Motorsports can't be as just as dominant as they were last year. They may have some different people to race against and they may have a little bit more competition but like i just said talking about the super stocks having more competition is a good thing that's what keeps cars there that's what discourage uh, keeps people from getting discouraged and not coming back um you wonder why there's no fans in the stands right now uh, it's been a struggle to keep cars in action but, you know we started off the season with pretty decent car counts not the best not the worst and things kind of fell off the cliff the last month of the season and people start you know catching on to that and then they're like well i'm not gonna pay to go see small fields and then we get this infighting which now seems to be happening in the bombers uh people getting upset poor eddie evans got raked through the coals with his all-star race and i don't blame him for for backing out not having to you know people crying because they don't get to race when so-and-so gets to race it's uh it's eddie's race and he said to hell with it and Luckily, uh, Dan Webb was able to work something out, so we still have the dash for cash on Governor's Cup Sunday for the Bombers, so all is not lost. But uh, the the infighting over silly things like an all-star race that was supposed to be for fun, it that ends up tearing the division apart. Bombers, you got a good thing going. Don't ruin it. Don't lose it. Um, you guys double down. You, you hit the double down on the final race of the year. Don't lose that momentum. Um, you know, scaring people off because you guys don't get along uh, causing a fight and then having those people not want to race anymore is bad. I don't care if you're trying to get rid of the competition. Uh, how does it feel beating three cars versus 17, 18, 19, 20 cars? feels a hell of a lot better. Um, so remember that. The Bombers, you guys have you guys have been there where you were the, the class that nobody cared about, that nobody wanted to see. Now, that's not the case anymore. Remember back to Speed Weeks, guys. We got more comments about how awesome the Bombers were than how awesome are these late models. You guys are getting noticed. Don't tear it apart. That's my message to you. You don't have to like each other. You don't have to get along. You don't have to be friends. You don't have to drink beer as a group afterwards. Share the racetrack and encourage your competitors. Encourage your rivals. Encourage your competition to bring it and to keep showing up and to keep racing you Uh, because that's what makes a division good. So keep that in mind. Just because somebody got invited to the all-star race and you didn't doesn't mean we need to tear this division apart. And it doesn't matter now because the the all-star race is done. The the dash for cash is an open race. Um, if you are legal to New Smyrna Bomber rules, then you are legal to race on Governor's Cup Sunday in the dash for cash. So keep that in mind, guys. Uh, I, I love the Bombers in, in kind of all the sides that we're fighting. I'm friendly with each group, so I don't want to I don't want to lose any of y'all. I don't want you to go anywhere else. I mean, if you if you go on an off week to race somewhere else, that's that's great. I love that. I love seeing our guys venture out. But 
don't just give up on this great division because somebody didn't invite you to a race or you don't like somebody because they beat you or they got into you one time or two times or three times. Um, get over it. Bring your stuff ready to race and settle it on the track. Entertain. That's what we're here to do. Um, getting to the bomber race though, real quick, it was a phenomenal race. My favorite race of the night for sure. Um, I know this race was decided in the tech shed, but I don't want that to take away from how awesome the race was. Uh, CJ Creech and Dan Webb had a hell of a race and, um, CJ was able to hold off Dan. There was a wild scramble past lap traffic, uh, where Bob safe was kind of in the mix. I think Bob tried to get out of the way a little bit too late. They kind of snuck up on him. And uh, by him trying to get down the track, it caused what was almost the craziest moment of the year. And somehow Dan and CJ making contact half sideways, half wrecked. Uh, they get through it. They settle it amongst themselves. And CJ Creech gets back to the line first and seemingly got his first career win in spectacular fashion. And however, six pounds light in the tech room. And I, I can I can see how over the course of a season you might lose. A driver might lose six pounds. Uh, car might, you know, CJ's been involved in a couple of wrecks, could have knocked some things loose. Um, I, I obviously, I don't think if he was light on purpose, it would have been more than six pounds. It would have been, you know, either a, a huge amount or like one pound. Um, and from what I understand, and CJ took it well, you know, he even said tech, let him roll through several times just to make sure that it wasn't a calibration issue. Um, you know, law of averages, um, Maybe the scale gets a bad reading the first time. So they're like, okay, hey, we'll we'll try it again. But when it's consistent right around the six pound mark, then you know it's it's pretty cut and dry. You are light. That's the rule. Um, but again, I, I don't want I don't want that to take away from the amazing job CJ did driving the car to save the car, to duel with Dan Webb, a veteran of the bomber class. Um, you know, and, and, and to play devil's advocate here, and I'm I'm not trying to poke at CJ here. I think if Dan Webb would, wouldn't have missed the shift on the initial start, he would have won the race flat out anyway. So, you know, it made it better, made it a better race that uh, we had two guys competing down to the wire, trying to get their first wins of the year. And even though CJ's win doesn't count in the books, I mean, in his mind, he knows he he got to the line first. He, six pounds ain't going to matter too much. You know, it's against the rules. So, yes, he was DQ'd, but uh, CJ will learn from this, get it right. And I think he's going to drive like a bat out of hell during governor's cup and try to win that thing. Uh, there's a lot of prestige and, and you're going to be racing in front of a lot of people that night. So, um, bombers, great season. Um, you know, I, I get there's some chipperness right now and uh, don't let that ruin y'all. Don't let it tear down the class. Uh, it happened with the ground pounders and now they're, uh, kind of floating in the ether and I don't want to see that happen with our bomber guys. So, uh, Great race. Congratulations to Dan on getting the win. Congratulations on, to CJ for having a great uh, a, a great race, even though it doesn't count. Um, I look forward to seeing those two duke it out with uh, some of the best come Governor's Cup. So that's kind of a quick recap of the night. Um, I put my thoughts uh, on the New Smyrna page four different times trying to get the damn hot lap to work. Uh, it's been nothing but technology problems this week, so... <laughs> Oh, Peyton's here. Peyton says hello, everybody. She's in the background getting a diaper change. So, um, that's uh, that is the that that's the nature of sharing a studio with your baby's room. So, um, Peyton says hello, and she says great season to everybody. And uh, she had a great you know second half of the season and was very happy to meet everybody. So that's what she's saying. Um, 
And then, yep, yep, she's reconfirming back there. So Peyton checking into the Racing with Ryan podcast. But one of these days, she'll be the damn co-host of the show when, when she gets a little bit older. Um, but anyways, um, going to do a full season division by division recap show during the offseason. I want to get through Governor's Cup and um, kind of take it from there because Governor's Cup, even though it's not a points race, still counts for the season. So I will do a full-blown, you know, if you're wondering, well, what about the late models? You know, I haven't talked about late models. Um, I'm going to do a full season recap later on down the road. So keep that in mind. Um, quickly want to transition to the NASCAR Cup Series. They had their penultimate race in Martinsville to set the final four for the championship. And I think it was one of the best races of the season. I love short track racing. Um, I just, it's some, some of the most intense racing of the year. And set in the final four, there was drama right down to the wire. There was drama between people in the playoffs, people not in the playoffs. Um, I, it's going to make for a very interesting Phoenix. Uh, honestly, if you have not watched the race, I encourage you to go find the race replay on YouTube and watch the last, like, 75 laps. That's really all you need to watch. Uh, the first 425 were just setting up for the end and... Um, just watch the last 75. You will not be disappointed. It was great racing. It was great drama. And it came right down to the final restart on who was going to make the championship. On last week's episode, I told you guys that I was rooting for Ryan Blaney. That was like the pick I'd be, you know, putting my my fan backing behind. And unfortunately, he didn't move on. Um, but I said that I was going to pick Martin Truex to win the championship. And he ended up doing just enough to qualify. Um, and boy, did it, it was not looking good with maybe 10 laps to go, but he was able to pull through. Um, and he's still my pick. So remember I made that pick two weeks ago or a week ago, whatever it was. And I'm still sticking with it. I think Truex who won at Phoenix earlier this year, remember it all comes down to one race. Um, so looking ahead to that final race, um, he's been a little bit better with the 750 horsepower package versus the 550. So I think Truex is going to be good. I think everybody in the Final Four is going to bring their A game. It seems like every year the Final Four are always, you know, in in the top five. And if you go back and look at the results from Phoenix uh, from earlier in the season, all top four playoff drivers were in the top seven. So it's going to be pretty equal, but I'm picking Truex still. I'm staying with it. Um, the race at Martinsville, like I said, it was phenomenal. Um, watching Brad Kozlowski try to drive up through there and – make a last-ditch effort to win. He got into Chase Elliott, got shuffled back on some restarts late, didn't make it. Then you had Alex Bowman with nothing to lose uh, with one of the best cars of the day. Hendrick had their stuff figured out, uh, some pit mistakes and some track position towards the end, uh, kicked Chase Elliott and, and, and Kyle Larson kind of out of the mix. But Alex Bowman, who's had, excuse me, a feast or famine year, three wins and a lack of consistency, not in a position to make the Final Four, but in position to get a win in his fourth win of the year, a uh, career year for him. He was racing Denny Hamlin pretty hard, uh, but he pretty much knew, you know, hey, you know, whatever happens to Hamlin, he's likely going to make the final four anyway, but he gets loose with about six, seven laps to go, takes Hamlin out, and then has to hold off a, a hungry Kyle Busch who has to win to make it in uh, over the final restart to get the win. And then we saw some craziness with Hamlin all upset and pissed off. He comes up to the front straight away, um, gives uh, Alex Bowman the double bird and shows his displeasure, then calls uh, Bowman a hack in his post-race interview where Bowman's like, 
yeah, I was racing the guy hard. Um, I got loose. I got into him. Not how I wanted to do it, but um, I'm not going to play these games after the fact. I'm not going to turn this into Bowman Gray Stadium, and I respect Alex for that. And I, I respect a guy who can say, yeah, hey, I got into him. Not the way I wanted it to be. And then you got Danny Hamlin getting out like a little baby. He's calling Alex Bowman a hack and talking about there's no respect. The way the playoffs are right now, the way you have to take every spot and you have to be aggressive, ain't nobody going to respect anybody, you know? It's just, that's the way it is. Um, but, but again, Denny Hamlin has a whole lot more to race for this week than Alex Bowman. So I think Denny Hamlin's to just let that sink in. I think he has. I think he's ultra-focused. I think he's the most focused he's ever been to win a championship now. And I think he'll be dangerous this weekend. Um, just to put a cap on Martinsville, I thought it was a fantastic race. A lot of excitement, a lot of drama. Good to see Alex Bowman win, get his fourth win of the year. Um, I was glad it wasn't Larson. <laughs> uh, you all know how I feel about Larson. But, hey, if Kyle Larson ends up winning this championship, uh, definitely will be a deserving champion. If he wins, it'll be win number 10. So to get 10 wins in this era of racing and a championship, man, that is phenomenal. That'll be hard to top. That'll be that'll probably end up being the best season of anybody in the 2020s. I don't see anybody replicating that, especially with the new car coming out next year. Um, has me worried that next year is not going to be very competitive of a season because I think somebody will hit on the right combination quick and pull away from the pack. Um, kind of like you see at the short tracks. When somebody hits on it, they're good for the season. I think that's what we'll see next year. As far as who that's going to be, you know, the, the top teams will be up top, the Hendricks, the Penske's, the Gibbs. Um, but hopefully this levels the playing field. I don't know. I don't know. Next year's such an enigma. Um, we're just going to have to wait and see how it goes. But enjoyed the Martinsville race, really did. Uh, definitely in my top three, four of the season. Um, can't wait for Phoenix. Uh, one final race beside the champion. I'm sticking with Martin Truex Jr. as my champion. We'll see how that all comes to fruition next week. We will be recapping... The Phoenix, we'll be talking about the Phoenix race um, on next week's podcast. Um, trying to think if there's really anything else to cover. Like I said, we have a, a Q&A session coming up here. We had some of our listeners, uh, some of my friends on Facebook ask questions, and we give you the answers. Margo is going to be on that portion of the show. I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. We recorded it the other night, and um, so I'm recording the show backwards. Um, just to let you in on how we do this. That's why there's no video component to this. I wouldn't have time to edit all that together and make it look good. Um, so like I said, I think you guys are going to enjoy that. I appreciate everybody listening. The last few episodes have been over 5,000 plays or clicks or whatever it is to give me these numbers. Uh, but if I go to my podcast.com dashboard, the views, the clicks, the plays, whatever it is, are, are just outstanding. So I can't thank you guys for your support. Um, appreciate the feedback. I know Kenny always listens to this. CJ always listens to this and, you know, they, they give me great feedback and, and, and always respond to some of the things that I have to say. And, um, I, I really appreciate that. It makes this a lot of fun to do. Um, this is, you know, when I first started this, I'm like, man, I want to get my podcast going again. Cause I have so many things I want to say and get off my chest. And now I just kind of enjoy flushing out my thoughts about certain races that we get to go to. And, um, it seems like it's actually helped me be less, angry towards some of the things that I see. It just said, I just come talk about it to you guys and let you know what I'm thinking. But, um, glad, honestly glad the regular season is over. Looking forward to the governor's cup at new Smyrna. Um, we have some other plans during the off season. We will be attending the Rudiman Memorial. Um, 
we'll be attending Crash-O-Rama. Actually, I'll be announcing Crash-O-Rama this year over at Orlando, so looking forward to that. Uh, second year doing that, so that should be fun. So we'll talk a little bit about that. Um, and have plans to attend the big race at 417, the Bigley Memorial. Looking forward to that. Um, the last thing I want to touch on here before we take a quick commercial break and go to the second half, the Q&A, is the tire situation is still a thing, guys. It's not going away. We have to manage our tires. Everybody does. Uh, the full throttle 100 at Citrus County Speedway this weekend, um, which looks like it was going to get rained out anyways with the weather forecast, um, isn't going to be able to happen because they weren't able to secure enough tires for probably the 20-plus late models they were expecting. And uh, from what Austin was telling me, uh, they got kind of dragged through the mud on that. Of course, anytime you cancel a big race, it's always you're going to have negative backlash. But, you know... At least they did it early enough. Um, they didn't want to cancel that race, guys. There's no way. They, they knew they were going to have a great show that night. And I, I was said I was going to miss it uh, with other uh, obligations. Um, you know, I probably could have finished up quarter midgets and then hauled butt to Citrus. But, man, it uh, would have made for a long day. And then I had to quarter midgets a doubleheader this weekend. So I uh, was definitely going to have to miss it. Um, anyway... I know they didn't want to cancel that. It was going to be a hell of a show. They they always get some great cars uh, with their late models. And, you know, really, you get 14 to 16 of those out there, you're going to have a great race. Uh, I, I would imagine they were probably going to get 24, 20 to 24 cars. Would have been a great show. Uh, so it's unfortunate the tire situation is still rearing its ugly head and forcing cancellation of big events. And I was worried about that. You guys, um, most of you guys listening to this probably have heard the Hype Motorsports podcast that I do the last lap edition where I talked about tires. Now we're going to have to conserve. We're going to get through all these big events. And already, you know, this has me worried for the Bigley Memorial. If they're expecting, I know they say they're going to get 60-plus cars. I hope they're going to have enough tires for that. You think if each team gets four sets, 60 times four, well, that's 2,400 tires. I don't know that anybody's going to have that many tires. I'm sure that the Five Flag Speedway has been conserving tires, and they have a stockpile ready to go for for snowball, but I just, I'll be interested to follow along and see what they end up having for tires. Um, will they have enough to give everybody two sets for practice for each day and X amount of sets that they're going to need to get through the race? I don't know. We'll see. It's going to be interesting. Um, what I can tell you for Florida governor's cup, cause after citrus canceled, I kind of waited to see if anybody from the track messaged me. I called rusty while I was making dinner. I said, Hey, has your phone been like ringing off the hook because of what happened with citrus? And he goes, no, not really. And he's like, and we don't have to worry because Hoosier is sending us our, our shipment of tires. He's like, remember, we canceled late model races in um, in October because uh, Hoosier was getting our tires ready to ship to us for November. And it was unfortunate that we lost those races. But he's like, remember, we had to sacrifice those so that we could race Governor's Cup. So Governor's Cup is still going to happen. We've got 16 whatever cars signed in. We're going to have plenty of tires for those guys. It's going to be a great race. I, I expect some guys haven't registered yet because they're probably waiting to see and we'll have even more show up. So I'm, I'm hoping we can get back to at least 20 cars for Governor's Cup for you guys. Um, but nonetheless, Governor's Cup is going to happen, which is better than Governor's Cup not happening, even if there's 12 cars. Of course, I'll be disappointed with that car count. I'll be disappointed with anything under 20, always, for Governor's Cup. And it has been the last two years. Definitely not been happy with the car count. Definitely looking forward to getting more cars there. But nonetheless, I promise you, 
Uh, it will be a great race. Somebody new is going to get their name on that trophy, and I can't wait. So, of course, we'll be talking more Governor's Cup stuff in the coming weeks. But until then, um, that about does it for what I have to say as far as short track racing and NASCAR goes right now. So, um, really want you guys to stick around for the second half of the show. The Q&A session was a lot of fun to do last night. I want to apologize in advance if it seems like it skips around a little bit. Um, last night when we were recording the uh, recording would just stop in the middle of us talking. So we had to go back and recut a few things. So if there's any quick cuts that seem a little jarring, I will warn you that we had to do a little bit of editing on that to, to get it to flow right. So um, you guys will still enjoy it nonetheless, but just keep that in mind. Uh, I like to be transparent with you guys. I know we've, we've fought some audio issues and we've got that worked out. So now we just need technology to cooperate. Um, but anyways, stick around for that. We're going to take a quick commercial break, and then we'll go right into the Q&A session of the podcast. Thank you all for listening. <laughs> this week's episode is brought to you by our friends at 124 Welding and Fabrication in Palm Bay, Florida. Uh, that is our good buddy Ron D'Alessandro's company. Um, I, I know he's got quality products because Ron has made us some great decorations for the house. You may have seen... Uh, one of them in the latest edition of the Hot Lap that we do on the new Smyrna page. He is a fantastic welder, uh, fantastic creator. If you need anything done, um, for instance, he made a, a tour mod that we have hung up on our wall as part of our kitchen decorations. So make sure you check out Ron Alessandro's Etsy store at 124 Welding and Fab. If you go to Etsy and type 124 Welding and Fab, that'll bring up his shop. Again, that's 124 Welding and Fabrication. You can check all the great things that he has to offer on his store, or you can give him a call at 1-860-841-3944 and let him know what you're looking for, and he can most likely craft it for you. Um, I know he can do T-shirts. He does all kinds of great uh, um, decorations and, and racing-themed welding stuff, and he's a welding welder and fabricator. So check him out. That's Ron Alessandro's. 124 Welding and Fabrication, proud sponsor of this week's edition of the Racing with Ryan podcast. Again, if you'd like to advertise with the show, just $5 an episode, we'll get you on board. So just uh, reach out to me and we'll get you aboard. It's as easy as that, guys. And again, big thank you to 124 Welding and Fabrication sponsoring this week's show. And of course, big thank you to our friends at Hype Motorsports. That is the premier racing marketing company, Hype Motorsports, uh, they have all kinds of great social media content, podcasts, and uh, they do a great job getting drivers' names out there. So Hype Motorsports is your place for motorsports marketing. <laughs> all right, welcome back. We're going to have a little bit of fun here on the second half of the podcast. I'm uh, going to do something a little bit different. We're going to do some uh, Q&A, and to help me with this part, I've brought in the super spotter, Margo. Welcome back to the show. It's good to have you here. Hi. Hi. Welcome back. Hi. So... Um, I put out a little bit of a question, little some feelers on Facebook Facebook earlier and uh, asked you guys to give me some questions, and I'm going to answer the questions. I will be honest, I have not read most of these. Um, Margo's going to read them as they came in, and I'm going to give you my straight-up honest answer. So we'll jump right on into it. Margo, what's the, uh, what's the first question? The first question is from Mark Kimmick, and he asks, Will New Smyrna find a new groundskeeper? I mean, I, I hope so. I know we had Greg doing it for a little while, and um, he did a good job. Um, definitely 
It is not an easy task because I know if you're the groundskeeper at New Smyrna, that means you are the groundskeeper at wherever they tell you to be that day. So um, definitely uh, I do not envy whoever has that job, but hopefully they do keep the parking lots mode and the infield mode. I mean, uh, if that's what people are most worried about, then I don't know what really to tell you. Can we just get someone to take care of the damn ant piles? Because I swear to God, every week I park right in front of it. Well, here's pile. the thing about ants. You get rid of a pile, and then they just they crawl under the ground, and they pop up somewhere else. Hard, real, to get, hard to get rid of. Here's the real question for Mark Kimmick. Will he ever find his way to the race car? Mm, no. And I think, its I way think, out of the garage. I no? think that's a, a lost cause. He's an interesting character. I wish him all the best. What else do we have? I'm going to read this one from John Gross. I do not understand it okay. at all. All right. Is QAnon going to sit or stage a sit-in for the Governor's Cup race waiting on Dick Trickle's arrival? If so, will they be charged general admission price or reserved? Um, Dick Trick is, is Dick Trick. I, I asked this with all due, due respect. Is Dick Trickle still alive? Uh, uh, well, we'll have to check on that. Um, no, I don't think... I mean, if he is, I'd no, love. He I'd, died in like 2013. Did he? Okay, that, that's what I thought. Um, we, so we'd be, we'd be sitting there for the rest of Governor's Cup history, and yes, they would charge them to do a sit-in. So, interesting question. I I, I agree with you. I don't fully grasp. I, I'm sure I'm missing something, but uh, I would have loved to have seen Dick Trickle race. Next question. <laughs> Sorry, <I'm, laughs> I've been rendered speechless. <laughs> Uh, Kenny Roth, can we change Bomber A to four bang bangers or little horny? <laughs> nope, nope. Um, Brandon, Brandon Monroe, let's go Brandon, says Rev Remy. <laughs> you know, I, I, I like the bang bangers, but I, I, I'll keep bang bangers to, uh, for enduro cars because these, uh, these bomber cars, I, I think there's another question related to, uh, to bombers that I'll, I'll expand upon a little bit more, but, uh, bang bangers is funny, but we'll save that for enduro cars. Next question. Another one from Kenny. We've got quite a few from Kenny. I, I'm and sure CJ I know. They're, they're good listeners, so, so I, I welcome it. Kenny, why does the food at New Smyrna suck so bad? Because um, you don't go to Subway first. It's probably because it's not expensive food, so they can get profit margin off of it. Um, I'll be honest, I don't typically eat it, so I don't really know. That kind of food just doesn't agree with my stomach anymore, whether it be from... Uh, about the only thing I can eat from a racetrack anymore, and, and this is not just New Smyrna's most racetracks, is a hot dog. That's about all I can tolerate. Hamburgers make me feel gross. Um, the chicken sandwiches at a racetrack make me feel gross. Um, God, I think the last time I had chicken tenders at New Smyrna, I ate it before, uh, before the races started, and I was in pain most of the night. So um, I, I just don't think that – we're not a restaurant. We're, we're, we're a racetrack, so the food is secondary, but I, I just, it's probably because it's not the highest quality food. Is that on purpose? I don't know. I don't order the stuff. Next question. The two-parter? No. Is this the second half? Yes. Okay, good. I, I tend to not eat the food at a racetrack because then I end up like CJ, six pounds light. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that was unfortunate, as we talked about earlier. The next question is from CJ. <laughs> Can we get a taco truck? <laughs> I don't think he needs one. We've had taco trucks. I know during we speed did. weeks, um, 
we have all kinds of food trucks. And I, I think there was a taco truck one time and the lady paid for one night and kept trying to come back and they kicked her out and then she stormed off and damaged her truck and then went on Facebook and had all of her followers say that New Smyrna sucks because she only paid for one night and got kicked out. So I think that was the last experience with a taco truck. The Cajun truck was really good, though. I don't know. Is that Speed Weeks last year? My favorite food truck that we get is that barbecue, the Smoke, Smoke in, in the, the City. city. Yes. Nice. Uh, and, and it's a shame they only park up in the pits. So the fans, like on the other side, they don't get to have it. And That's it's, fine it's more really for good. me. That's true. <laughs> I, I know that uh, that $22 lobster mac and cheese is pretty damn good. Was it lobster that he got? No, Steve it's got? like a brisket. It's all kinds brisket. of Brisket. Okay, so it was brisket, probably some pork. Yeah. Um, but yeah, smoking the city is my favorite uh, food. Man, I wish they did food trucks more often. Charge them, I don't know, like a hundred bucks to be there for the night, or ten percent of what they take in, and give them some options. I don't know. I, I I like the food trucks. I agree. All right, the next one is from Kenny again. If Kyle Larson was to race a super late at New Smyrna, would you be able to call his win and be excited to interview the GOAT in Victory Lane? Absolutely. I get excited about every race, and I get excited about every driver. I, any um, bias that I may have on the NASCAR side immediately gets turned off. If Like when Kyle Busch was here, I hate Kyle Busch. I'm not a Kyle Busch fan, but I turned off all bias and treated him just like any other driver that come through that pit gate. So... Yes, absolutely. I, and it would pack the place. It'd be great for the track. I mean, in my head, would I be, like, rooting for him? I, I don't know. I'd be rooting for a good race. That's what I root for every week. Good he, racing. He's proven that he can win there before. He, he can. And he can win anywhere. Put him in a car. I mean, if he were to get a Governor's Cup ride, I, he'd probably win the thing. He'd probably win the thing. I, I don't know that that'd be who I would want to take home the big prize just in the overall grand scheme of things, but it would be a hell of a show. He won, I want to say it was... 2014? Yeah, but I can't remember if it was the Orange Blossom or if it was just a regular race. But yeah, he's proven that he can find his way to victory lane. Did the no steering wheel burnout and everything. Did he really? Yes, that was back when I liked Kyle Larson. He wasn't overrated. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. What's the next one? Here's two from CJ. Okay. Will New Smyrna be adding any new classes, and will when will new rules be posted? Uh, the only new class I could see being added is maybe the 602 class that was supposed to happen this year, but um, has not happened yet. Um, other than that, I, I don't foresee any new classes. I mean, we're having a hard enough time getting the Bomber Bs off the ground. Um, they, they're, they're coming. Um, I mean, this year was a lot better than last year. Uh, it's just compared to the other tracks that run similar cars, we're not there yet. Um, I don't think we need any other classes right now. I think we should focus on the ones that we have, um, making them all better. We, we have a lot of classes. We have a very good diversity of classes at New Smyrna. If there's a class you don't like, there's eight that you do and vice versa. Um, but I don't think, other than the 602 mods running maybe once a month or something, that'd be the only new class I see even on the horizon. If it happens next year, Great. If it doesn't, then maybe that that's the next thing on the horizon. But that's really all I foresee. And I, I don't think we need... Other than that, I don't think we need any other classes. I'm going to go ahead and agree. Even the 602s can just go... Yeah, I mean... That's what compounders are for. No, no, it's not. Don't, no. Mm-mm, yeah, that, that's a can of worms in and of itself. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I think the 602s were a great addition, like a great late addition to last year's World Series. I hope they come back. I know there's some negotiations going on with them, uh, trying to figure out 
if there's going to be a purse or who's going to pay said purse or all of that is up in the air. I'd love to see him back at least for speed weeks. I don't know about regular division. I, I just foresee it being, you know, three or four cars and it's just another yeah, clash that just struggles to get going. And maybe it will. I mean, I thought the same thing about the E-Mods. I'll be honest with you. A couple of years ago when they brought the E-Mods back, I was like, what are we doing? Why do we need another modified class? And it started slow. And I'm like, why are we wasting our time? And now it's it's coming along. It was real good at the beginning of the year and it fell off. We had a, some people wreck out and have mechanical yep. problems. Uh, but the E-Mods have established themselves. I think they're the premier modified division. Uh, they're bringing more cars. The, they have the, a little bit better racing. The weekly premier modified division. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Tour mods are tour mods. Or the, you can't touch that. But Leave those precious angel babies up north. I, I would like to... And this is not a knock on the big mods because I know in a heartbeat, all those guys that run big mods could have E-Mods out here. Um, it's some just of a, them do. Some of them do, absolutely. And some of them, it's just a, they don't want to have E-Mods, so they just have the big mods. But I'd like to see the big mods go to... I like the less is more approach. I mean, the end of the season with the big mods was phenomenal. The championship battle made those races. So I, I like the less is more approach on the big mods, and I like seeing the E-Mods on a more regular basis. So that's kind of where I'm at with, with divisions. And again, this is w- what is said on this podcast and uh, about divisions is not a knock on a particular division. I appreciate each and every class that rolls out you know, on a given night. We could have what might look like the weakest card be one of the best nights of racing. It just it's, all depends. Yeah. Next question. The next question was actually from me. Oh. Uh, and it's one that I know the answer to and I know some of your friends do. As well, but maybe not new listeners, which you have a lot of. Yes. Where did you get your love for racing, and what announcers do you look up to that got you where you're at today? That's a great question. Um, I know. My my father, if it wasn't for my dad, I doubt that I'd be a racing fan. Um, my dad used to take me to the races as a little kid. I remember being so little that when it got dark, I would fall asleep on the bleachers, and I'd say, hey, dad, wake me up if so-and-so wins so I can see them in victory lane. Um, but me and my dad used to go to the races on the weekend. That was our father-son bonding time. He he worked a lot, and that's how we bonded. So I grew up going to the races with my dad. And um, even when my family split and we moved down south and he stayed up north, I still was a racing fan, still kept in touch with him. And that's that's really our biggest bond is is, is sports in general. Um, so I just I grew up going to the races. That's why they, everybody says it. Having, you know, getting your kids to the racetrack early is very important. Yeah. A week? Yeah, yeah. I think Peyton, no, Peyton was what, two she, weeks she'll old? She'll be, she's going to be a race fan whether she wants to or not. She was two weeks old. Dawson was four days old. So I'm, I'm hoping that that translates to, to little Peyton as well. But, uh, yeah, so me and my dad going to the races, and I, I just loved going to the short tracks and watching NASCAR on Sundays with my dad. So that's how that all started. Um, as far as announcers go, uh, the one I look up to the most is Dave Moody. Um, I've shared a lot of videos from Thunder Road on my Facebook and a lot of old like crash reels and stuff where Dave Moody's at his best because he goes absolutely batshit crazy on some of his calls. And uh, if you listen to some of those clips, if, if you search YouTube for old Thunder Road clips and Dave Moody's on the mic, you'll hear a lot of some of the things that I bring to the table from Dave Moody because I grew up listening to him and admiring him and learning from it. I remember sitting as an awkward 12-year-old, 13-year-old kid in the grandstands up in Vermont listening to Dave Moody call, you know, street stock or junkyard warrior races, whatever they call it at the time, and just saying, 
man, that seems like fun. I would love to do that someday, thinking I'll never do that. And now here I am. So listening to Dave Moody growing up at Thunder Road, listening to the announcing there is what kind of even made me um, think that it would be something I would be interested in, even though I was a very awkward uh, teenager. So I'm still an awkward guy now, but um, Dave Moody, number one, um, really anybody over at Thunder Road, I just, I grew up admiring the, I thought it was a cool job and sitting there as a kid thinking, I'd love to do that someday. And now here I am doing it every weekend and then some. Yeah. And if anybody that is familiar with your announcing style ever listens to Dave Moody announce, I promise you, you will hear things that Ryan says that Dave Moody says, because I look at Ryan, I'm like, huh, where'd you get that at? And not to say that I sit here and, and copy what Dave Moody did. It's just I, I grew up, so I emulate some of the things that I, I, I would hear. I thought were clever. I thought oh, were great. Yeah. So I just, that's kind of how I, I, I also really, as far as NASCAR goes, I love Mike Joy. He's getting a little older now. I, I He was super good in the, you know, late 90s, early 2000s. Um, he was the guy on NASCAR. Uh, still, to this day, my favorite NASCAR announcer. Um, if you want to go the other end of the spectrum, I cannot stand Rick Allen. I was just about to say, I thought Rick Allen was your no, favorite. No, I can't. Oh, he is terrible. Um, no, you know who I love and I miss on the NASCAR spectrum? Who's that? Alan Beswick. Oh, yeah. He's, I love he's Alan great. Beswick. Um, Mike Joy was just, he was like that classic no. guy, but Al- Alan's great. Um, yeah, no, you don't. I cannot stand Mike Joy. I, I know. And it's just literally because he's like, oh, that was all Ricky Stenhouse. No, it wasn't. It was not Ricky Stenhouse. Well, if your driver would not wreck every week, you wouldn't talk about him as much. He was in a completely different turn. <laughs> but uh, yeah. yeah, those are, a- Alan Beswick is another good one. I enjoyed him. I think he was the best part of the SRX series. Um, I thought the racing was Yeah, I think okay. that's how I got you to watch it. Uh, but Alan Bestwick carried that series, if, if you want my opinion there. Um, I'd like to see more from SRX, and maybe it'll get better. I, I don't know. But it's not, It's to me, the SRX series is not, uh, can't miss racing at this point. I know it's off topic, but um, talking about announcers. So Alan Bestwick, Mike Joy, Dave Moody, um, probably my three favorites to listen to. What about old Ben Dodge? Oh, I love... Everybody loves Ben uh, Dodge. Who doesn't love Ben Dodge? His style is Those old school. Those who are wrong. He's got an old school style that is definitely different than what anybody is doing nowadays. So our styles are completely different. And one of the one of the best pieces of advice I ever got from Ben Dodge uh, when, I, when we first worked our, our first speed weeks, he says, hey, he's like, don't try to emulate anybody's style. Don't try to say, you know, he's like, I use these certain phrases. He's like, don't feel like you have to come up with, just be yourself. And that is that was the instant I felt comfortable having Ben Dodge sit next to me. I'm like, hey, I'm just going to announce my way. He's going to do his thing, and it's all going to be great. His style is... Yeah, I don't think I could ever listen to anybody else say who will be the tail that wags the dog like Ben Dodge does. Right, right. Like, and or, all, how he does the all the colors of the rainbow. Yeah. His whole... I love it. And people are like, oh my God, he's so long-winded, blah, blah, blah. Well, he... Stop. Ben Dodge is historical. I love right. him. That's that's the thing. Back in the day, we, we didn't have these go, go, go instant attention spans. So uh, announcers used to take their time and elaborate on every single little detail because there wasn't Facebook. There wasn't everything on the computer. If you knew what was going on in a series, it's because you went to every single race. And 90% of the fans probably didn't. So back then you had to be like, I've got to tell you every single little detail about what this guy had for breakfast because it means something to this race. His style is completely different, but he is one of my, 
it, it's one of the things I look forward to during speed weeks is to see Ben Dodge. And I missed, I, I missed him last year. It was amazing calling all those tour mod races last year. Like the fact that he called me up and said, Hey, you got this, you, you know, I, the track I'm telling the track, don't even bring anybody else. Ryan's got this. The fact that he gave me his blessing to call that awesome, you know, five, six days of tour mod racing. I mean, that right there, uh, it, it made everything so much grander for me. So I'm glad you brought up, uh, Ben. He's, I mean, like I said, completely different announcing style than me. He's old school and he's, he's fantastic at his craft. And the, the, the funny little things that he says are, are great because it's Ben Dodge. Nobody else is like that. You're not going to listen to anybody else and be like, Oh, that guy sounds like Ben Dodge. Nope. You hear that voice. That is Ben Dodge. Oh yeah. Enough said. And I, I, I love having the opportunity to work with him every year. And I hope he's back this year. Me too. He, I miss him. That, that tour mod race is super exciting and it just wouldn't be right for him to not call it. Oh yeah. I agree. All right. Next question. Kind of on the same. Same there. level. Yeah, okay. That's the word. Kenny asks, what made you come to new Smyrna the first time? Was it the manager's daughter? Uh, <laughs> no, that was just a bonus. Um, <laughs> Um, so I had gotten away when, when we moved to Florida, I didn't get to go to the races that much with my mom. I would get her to take me every now and then. And as I got older and got my car and my license and, and, and freedom, um, it, when I was in college, I just didn't, I was working, going to college. I really, I studied a lot and I tried to get good grades. Nerd. So yeah, I, I had to be to, to get through it. I'm not just, I'm not book smart. I'm, you know, I really got to study. So I wasn't going to the races and I was watching on TV and that was about it. And I really started to get bored with NASCAR and I'm like, you know, I graduated school. I was done with all that stress and, and that was all off my shoulders. And so I was like, man, I started doing research about the tracks in the area. And I used to go to, I used to get to Volusia every now and then when my mom would take me, I'd go to Orlando speed world back in the day, every now and then. Um, and if we vacationed out on the beach, my mom would take me to new Smyrna. So I knew about those tracks and I researched and saw that the new Smyrna was having the red eye. That just happened to be the time that I'm like, let me see what's going on. And I went out to the red eye and I, I know people probably get sick of me talking about super stocks all the time. But the first race I saw that night was a super stock race. And I believe it was, um, uh, uh, Justin Reynolds and Zach Curtis. Uh, I, I believe Justin was in that yellow 23 and Zach was in the gray at the time. It was a gray 77. I think those two, oh, yeah. I think those were the cars. I remember the cars. I think Zach was driving the 77 that night. At the time, I didn't know these guys from a piece of dog shit that I stepped in in the front yard. Um, <laughs> but I just enjoyed the race because they were, it was a 25 lapper. It kicked off the show and they were side by side the entire race. Um, there was a long rain delay. Track was treacherous. They were the first group out and they were side by side the entire race. And it was one of the best races I've ever seen. What year was this? Uh, 2015. It would have I was going to say, I it think was, I was getting off an airplane at this point. It was it was an amazing race. <laughs> that's, that's a TV show. Uh, it was a great race. And um, I enjoyed every minute of it. And I said, well, I got to start coming out here more. And this was before the, the red eye. This was before anything else had happened that night. I was hooked at that point. I'm like, I love these super stocks. I've loved, I love the boxy Monte Carlo, Camaro, street stock type cars anyway. Uh, but seeing that, I'm like, man, I got to start coming out here more. And I attended... As a fan, as a spectator, most of the 2015 season, I didn't go every week, but I went to most races, got sucked into the um, the Patrick Thomas uh, sportsman storyline with him winning the the state championship or the national championship and all that. 
And then the next year they had an opening and I took it. Now I'm not going to go too much further because um, during the off season, I'm going to do a, a show that tells my story um, when, when we have a little bit of downtime. So that'll probably get like 30 listens, but I'm going to do that. It's my show. Uh, but yeah, I just, whatever, whatever. I just was like, I need to start going to more short tracks. And I went to New Smyrna and lo and behold, now New Smyrna's life. All right. Yeah, there it is. Okay. And then another one from Kenny. I think most of them are from Kenny. That's all right. Can we please get a speaker or a horn in the pits? We can barely hear you on pit lane. No. No, they have one in the pit area. They have a sound system in the pit area, but um, they used it a couple of times back when Rusty first got there, and it's since been neglected. I'm not even sure if it turns on again. They got it working, they used it, and now they just don't. It's so right. uh, the answer is there is one. The question is now becomes, I'll put it back on the other shoe, are they going to use it? That's up to them. All right. And another one from Kenny. All um, right. Who is your favorite New Smyrna Speedway driver? Who is my favorite New... Man, that, that's Just, an easy one. Don't even do current. Do a, a, No, that, that's easy. EJ Wilcoxon. He oh, leads God. every single race, guys. I mean, how dominant. Uh, he never wins, but he leads every single race. How could you not root for EJ? I root for him to get off the track. Hello, I'm a <laughs> spotter. But I mean, he leads every single race, every single night. He's led every race of Speed Weeks. Nobody can say that in their career. I really want you to pick an actual driver. I just did. And, and no, one of the racers. Mike Dom. <laughs> because he's the smartest guy. He spends no money and makes money. All right. If we all race like that, we'd get 30 damn cars back in the pits. You hear it first. The there announcer you go. plays favorites. Mike Dom. No, is my gosh. I'm just no, kidding. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just giving y'all content. What's next? Aaron Fo- Foy. Aaron Foy, yeah. Foyer. Foyer. Orange Foyer. number seven car. Yes. Yeah. If NAS- if New Smyrna is a NASCAR-sanctioned track and drivers are required to have the license, why is payout so low if the track receives money from NASCAR? Uh, I This one did pop up because I saw Rusty respond to it, and I said, oh, this ought to be good. Um, well, the NASCAR sanctioning is – it's a sanctioning. It's a marketing tool. It's a um, – you know, it's – it's insurance. It's really good insurance. Ask, ask JT Tippins. Um, NASCAR doesn't give us money. They There's a small, not small NASCAR payout at the end of the year. You might get a check for like 60 bucks if you place somewhere at the end of the year. So there's a little bit of money incentive. But um, that's why I, I, I had somebody the other week sending me NASCAR's rules and say, so-and-so should have been DQ'd for switching cars. That's how the rules work in NASCAR. Just because we're NASCAR sanctioned doesn't mean that we fall under the alignment of NASCAR. So New Smyrna has always been New Smyrna. They were under fast car sanctioning for a while, and then they went NASCAR sanctioning. It is nothing but a sanction. If NASCAR gave us a check and said, hey, do what you want, or give it to your drivers, be a different story, but they don't. And, and Rusty answered the question in the thread. So, um, you know, if you want to hear it from the manager, you know, NASCAR doesn't give us money. We, you know, there's there's a lot more that goes into a race night than you know, the payout. And if, if that goes up exponentially, um, there's a chance that things don't operate the same. So, um, would payout be better increased? Would it help get the cars? I honestly don't know because anytime we put up more money, 
Look at the truck race. $2,000 to win 25-lap truck races and 12 trucks showed up. I mean, it's more than we normally get, but, I mean, you increase that. You do that every week, track will be out of business in a year. So NASCAR, the, the, the answer to Aaron's question is NASCAR doesn't give us money for the payout. It's all on the track. It's all on, you know, whatever sponsors the track brings in. NASCAR sanctioning doesn't mean NASCAR rules, doesn't mean they pay the purse. I'm sure Ms. Hart would love it if NASCAR paid the purse, but they don't. No, they don't. And on that note, Steve Barnes commented under that with his own question because he's Steve Barnes, and of course he did. Sure, what's he got? Why are tires and fuel so much more expensive? It doesn't stop him from buying them when he shows up. Um, Supply, demand, um, whoever is in charge of that, setting the prices, I I don't know. Uh, That is not something that I have an arm or a leg in, so I can't give you... If you want to... I can tell you if you want to know why something's going on with with tire-related, call E.J. Wilcoxon. His number's on the internet. Uh, It's on our webpage. If you have a question about tires, if you're wondering why the price is this or that, call EJ. He'll tell you. Uh, if you have a question about fuel, call the track. Talk to Emily. She knows all about the fuel. Everybody- Don't ask her about pricing. Do not do that to people. <laughs> Emily is just there to work and do race car things with her race car friends. That's right. Um, you leave it, my little expensive? ray of sunshine out of this bullshit. Is it expensive? <laughs> Absolutely. But, I mean, there's not a rule that says you have to get your tires and or fuel at New Smyrna. So if you don't like the price, you can get it elsewhere. It's a convenience factor, I guess. All right. And then Timothy Gertz, who you don't know as a driver, he used to drive recognize, a truck. I recognize the name. Notice I said drive a truck. Uh, why is New Smyrna stuck on running Hoosiers? Easy contract. Yeah, exactly. We have a contract with Hoosier. Uh, we are a Hoosier track. We've been with Hoosier for... Since I've been there the last six years, uh, and way before that, you you probably uh, you probably know when. Mm. Oh, oh, it's been a while, right? Yeah, I I at least since I graduated high school, and, and we here's won't the talk thing, about how long that was. Here's the thing about a contract: if you break said contract and you go looking elsewhere, and the grass isn't greener, you get put to the shit pile. You get put to the side, and uh, would it be easy to say, "Well, Hoosiers having supply chain issues"? So let's go somewhere else. Well, hey, the next place you go, they might be doing all right for a month or two. Then they run into issues. And then where are you at? You've screwed over a a long-term supplier. And we try to keep a good relationship with Hoosier. We have a good relationship with Hoosier. Has it been a rocky road this year? Absolutely. Have we had to cancel races? Absolutely. But there's a thing. If if any of you have taken a marketing class, one of the most important things in marketing is supply chain management. If you're wondering, when you go to Walmart, I know a lot of you guys shop at Walmart. Well, why is everything five cents cheaper at Walmart than it is at, say, a place like Target or a place like Publix? People at Target wear actual pants. Well, that has that (laughs) the demographic has nothing to do with the prices, so to speak. Why is Walmart able to provide things? Yeah, I know five cents doesn't seem like much, but you think five cents over an entire fiscal year for a Walmart store? That adds up. How is everything cheaper at Walmart? Supply chain management. Why can I confidently say that? Chapter one of my marketing textbook, we learned all about supply chains, and Walmart was the example. So you're the welcome. Fact that you paid that much attention I in love, your marketing I love class, my marketing and I class. did not, and I was going to school for marketing. <laughs> I, I enjoyed my marketing class. I just don't enjoy sales. So yeah. 
Um, I, I like to, that's why I like the social media. I like to put thing. I like to put information out there and, and get people excited. I don't like to do the sales side of things. Well, that's not for me, but. Tim did have a couple more good questions. What, okay. What else you got? Um, why doesn't the racetrack have a driver's merchandise and a booth? Um, like for drivers to sell. They, and for the record, I have seen this question asked and yeah. they have never once told a driver that they could not sell their merchandise. I, I think it's uh, an effort thing on both sides. And it's not just on the track, but it's on somebody would have to... Uh, it, honestly, if if that were to work, you'd have to go through Miss Hart. Yeah. Merchandise is Miss Hart's realm. And she so, has never told somebody, no, you cannot sell your stuff at this race. Yeah, track. I've seen David Rogers stuff has been selling like hotcakes at the track. So I think it's an effort thing on both sides. Um, I don't think that we're just going to, you know, I don't think that Ms. Hart's just going to be like, hey, um, um, who can I use as, as an example? Steve Barnes, just, uh, you have shirts for sale this week? Does he have fans? He does. Everybody has fans. That's why they race. I'm kidding. For, for the most part. But I think if Steve Barnes was like could get a hold of Miss Hart or or Holly and go through Miss Hart and said, "Hey, you know, I've got a new sponsor and we've got some T-shirts. Would it be all right if I had one of my ladies or one of my crew members or my kids come sell my shirts?" Uh, I'm sure that it could be worked out. Yeah. So it's an effort thing. Um, would it be great to see some drivers' merchandise in that merchandise store? Get some new merchandise in there. Absolutely. But I, I, I that think that stuff is not cheap. No. Uh, so. Yeah, it, the merchandise man. That's that's a rocky road these days. The profit margin on merchandise is slim to none. So I don't even think our stores open all the time. Especially because, when everybody and their mother has a cricket, and you can just make your own. Yeah, stuff. it's almost easier to make your own stuff than to to get it wholesale these days. So. But I, I do understand where he's coming from. Yeah, no, I no, remember- I get it. it. It'd be great for the Governor's Cup if we had merchandise row. All the drivers yeah. that were coming in could sell their stuff, and I'm sure that's something that can be done. It's just something that's not done. Because it, the effort hasn't been put in to make it a regular thing. They used to do it during speed weeks, and I only know this because I spent so much of the money that I made at New Smyrna Speedway. There was a guy during speed weeks that had a merchandise trailer that sold all kinds of tour mod merchandise. And I love me some tour mods. And these were like vintage, like Richie Evans, uh, not John Blewett's not vintage, but John Blewett, Jimmy Blewett t-shirts. All kinds of stuff. And he wasn't selling them for like $25 like people are now. He was selling these shirts for $10, 15 Yeah, and another thing to think about is, uh, I know during the Modified Reunion, they have a, uh, they, they usually have a tent out there, but it they're selling was, all kinds of merchandise. It was pretty low last year. Last year, there was only one die cast guy and one Still, picture guy. So merchandising is possible is my point. Yeah. But then again, you got to think, okay, is it going to be worth my time? Is it going to be worth my effort? Uh, how much am I going to make? And maybe some people don't feel... now. Uh, Tim, right? You said this came from. Yeah, he, he's wondering. Well, why? Why not? Well, if if it the response if if the opportunity is there and the responsibility lies on the team, does the team find it worth it to sell their stuff? Is another question. Uh, there's a lot of great things that I've seen suggested that I would love to be able to do, um, but I can only do. I can only put so much on my shoulders uh, every week, and there's a lot of things that I just have to just well. I, I, I'm only one person. There's only so much I can do. And I see a lot of great things that I just don't. Being in the announcer, once that show starts, that is it. That is all I can do. Um, so, I, you know, I can't help you with your merchandise after 6 o'clock. Um, anyway, moving on to, I mean, that's a great question. It's something that can happen. But, again, a lot of effort would need to be done on both sides. It is another one from CJ. Okay. 
The next two are actually from CJ, but this one. What are some of your hobbies and passions? Uh, music. Music is my big passion. That's the reason I have this equipment to do this podcast. Um, music is... is uh, It's probably my... Aside from racing, it's it's my second love. Why are you giving me the side eye? Because <laughs> I'm seeing where I stand. It's okay. You're after modifying. You're not, it's a, fine. You're not a hobby. He asked about hobbies, not about um, passions. You can be passionate stuff. about your family. I'm kidding. I'm very passionate. The only about thing my I'm family, really passionate. My about. family is not a. My family is not a hobby. It's a joke. My family is something we do twenty four seven. It's so. okay. The only thing I'm passionate about <laughs> is modifying. Just want to make so. sure you're aware of that. Getting uh, deep here on the podcast. Music is music would be the answer. All right, another one from CJ. Why can't the track enforce race receivers? Surely the we don't sell them, so we can't enforce them sing thing can't be for real. The track doesn't sell any safety gear, but it's mandatory. <laughs> well, safety is a big thing. Uh, I, I, I definitely see where CJ is coming from. And here's my counter to that. Imagine, you know, Bob Billy Farmer off the side of, 44 puts together a junker race car and doesn't know a damn thing about how anything goes. You know, he read the general rules, but obviously didn't read the race procedure rules because nobody reads them. I can tell you that right now. Um, It's amazing how many people don't understand how the points work. Um, It's all in there. Um, But anyway, um, (laughs) let's just say Billy Bob Joe Farmer shows up with his bomber B, big as life, super excited, you know, I'm going to race every week because this this is going to be so much fun. He shows up to the racetrack that doesn't sell receivers and they're mandatory. And, you know, he missed that small, he missed that one line in the rules. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure he missed a lot of other things because his name is Billy Bob Joe Farmer. <laughs> but um, he shows up, track says, you can't race tonight. Thanks for towing out here. And the guy goes, well, screw this place. This place sucks just like everybody else does when something doesn't go their way, right? And then he's gone and never comes back. Uh, we're not in the position to be turning away cars. Um, now, I would like to see the track. We just bought a whole bunch of transponders. Um, unnecessary evil, but um, mm. or necessary evil, I guess, depending on which way you look at it. Um, I mean, now people will have less to argue about with their positions. Uh, but anyway, we off can topic. see race monitor. That's all that matters. Yeah, well, <laughs> Except we'll, we'll it wasn't get the, working. <laughs> well, one step at a time. Um, but back to race receivers. I think the track should get, you know, keep 10, 15 of them on hand. And I think what should happen is do random checks. Like we do with the ground pounders? Like, I, I think they should say, hey, so-and-so on the, or, or do random checks during the driver's meeting. Do random checks during the heat races. You don't have them, you know start in the back or something like that. I don't yeah. know. I think there are, I, I think they should look at ways to strongly, strongly encourage them. Um, maybe start taking, you know, take away five points a night if you don't have a receiver. I don't know. Uh, maybe there are things that can be done to not make them like the be all end all, but everybody should be running them um, because safety, uh, uh, CJ had a good point with, well, safety is mandatory. I mean, I, I think if you show up to the racetrack without a helmet, you're just an insane person um, and you should go home. But, um, you know, it is a big safety part. And I, I think the track should have some on hand in the pit office for sale on a given night. That would be, that would wor- where I say we could meet you somewhere in the middle. All right. The next question was another one from me. All right. What you, what you got? 
Uh, so you've gotten a lot of cool opportunities since starting this gig like six yeah, years ago. More than I could have ever imagined. Getting to announce Crash. I ty- apparently I typed Crap-a-rama. Yeah, you did I it meant crash I did see this one come in. Um, what has been your favorite and what would be your dream announcing gig? Oh, man. That's a loaded question. Um, first of all, I, I, I can't tell everybody listening how thankful I am for every opportunity I get. I've been able to do a lot of amazing things. And as a huge race fan, I could have only... I remember when I went to interview for the position at New Smyrna, I was like, yeah, I'm not going to get this, but I got to stand up in the tower that day and pretend to call a race. I'm like, well, this was the coolest experience I've ever had in a long time. Um, so to go to all these different racetracks and to be able to announce... Let's see, I've, I've announced Orlando... Uh, I've announced it. Volusia, Auburndale, um, Quarter Midgets now. Um, That's only four. Am I missing somewhere? I feel like I'm missing somewhere. Um, but I, I, I've had some incredible opportunities. I even got to do the TV thing one time, which I'm not a TV guy. Um, no, you definitely have a face for the radio. Sorry. Good, good. We'll keep it that way. Um, man, honestly, the uh, some of the big races I've been able to... I, I, the Auburndale thing was was pretty cool because of of who kind of called me up out of the blue and said we need you tomorrow. Um, that was pretty cool. That meant a lot to me when that person called because um, that person's hard to impress. Um, the oh. yeah, you, you know who I'm talking about um, the the quarter midget thing though because it's become a regular thing and like a big part of you know what I look forward to. So I would definitely say the the quarter midgets are. Probably the the most exciting opportunity because it's an ongoing thing. It's something that I never on my own would have like sought out, but it's something that fell into my lap and has become something more than just a, another gig. Like I, I got a call last week or a text message from uh, Miss Gardner, um, the the president's wife uh, of the Quarter Midget Club at New Smyrna, and she goes. Um, I noticed you left the the WhatsApp conversation. I, I hope that means we're not losing you. And I was like, oh my God. And I'm like, absolutely not. Because I, I, have, I have a setting on my phone where if I don't use an app for you know 30 days or whatever, it downloads to the cloud and saves space on my phone. So when I, I hadn't used the WhatsApp for a while, with it being the, there was like a summer break and I hadn't used the WhatsApp and I didn't even notice that it had gone to the cloud. But apparently when it did, it signed me out of WhatsApp. So it said I left the, the quarter midget conversation and I was texting her back like furious. I'm like, no, 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 no. I, I just, I had to re-download the app. I didn't even realize. And she was like, good. Cause we would have come and found you and drug your ass back. And I was like, good. Well, I'm glad they feel that way because, um, you know, again, that was an opportunity like, Hey, you know, uh, Rich Clouser actually messaged me and said, Hey, w- would you be available, um, to, to talk to the, the president of the club and they, they might need somebody to fill in. And I was like, Sure, yeah, I'll, I don't really know much much about it, but um, ever since I started doing that, it's like, you know, the big track is like number one, and then that, having that opportunity to do the quarter midgets, and now I have such a greater appreciation for these kids, these these kids that are coming up the ladder, and will either one day be racing New Smyrna or elsewhere across the state, or like Daniel Dye working his way up through the NASCAR ranks. It just it'll make everything so much sweeter. So that opportunity is probably the one that I. Uh, you know, I enjoy them all, but that that is one that that's like extra special. Daniel Dye is not the only one that worked his way up to the NASCAR rank. Well, that I've Ben you know, Kennedy and Anthony Sturdy yeah, are I, there too. I I get that. I'm new to the quarter midget thing, though. I'm so, not. Yeah, you. 
That's been your, you, you've been I around knew, that a lot uh, Tim Gurch when he ran quarter midgets. So there you go. See, and this is going to be, you know, hopefully 10, 15 years from now and be like, I remember when you were at quarter midgets, Mr. Eddie Evans Jr. You know, that kind of thing. About Dawson Ford Taco. Well, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> Turn four will be his biggest hit. Oh, I'm calling it now. Oh, goodness. Oh, Brandon Monroe, why did the underdog races stop? Those are special events. If you do a special event too much, it doesn't become special anymore, and it'll turn into the next thing that draws four or five cars. And I I think the underdog race should be held once a year around the midway point of the season. I think the Bomber Bowl, I, I thought that was a hit. I think we should do that once a year. But if you do, you know, those all the time, then they don't become special anymore. And if you run the bombers, we ran into this last year where we're running the bombers every week and then we're going to run the division out of commission. The bombers got a good thing going. Um, Hopefully this infighting between a couple of groups ceases and we can just get back to being competitors again. Um, But if you run them all the time or you run them too much, then you run them out. And then um, when the, when the races actually matter, you, you, you lose people, uh, I would love to see the underdog happen at least once a year, but no more than twice a year. Uh, but you got to keep it a special event. So that's that's why. It's not like that. That was never intended to be a an all-the-time deal. Okay, some of these are about tech, which I'm just going to go ahead and say ask the tech man because he's the announcer. Yeah, um, if you guys have obviously... There's like five questions that are like, oh, what about this rule? What about this rule? What about this rule? Well, uh, ask the, t- the guys. Uh, was there one the in there about the, the, the wins thing and weight? Yeah. Okay, so here's my answer to that. Um, you can tell, like I said earlier, you can tell who reads the general rules procedures and who doesn't. And some of that falls on people that probably should read that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's my answer there. Yeah, tech stuff, guys. That's I'm I'm not your guy. Um, got to talk to Ed. Um, talk to Rusty. I don't I don't know. Tech is not. Sorry, tech is not my area of expertise. Never will be. All right. So CJ asks, what is your favorite and least favorite thing about New Smyrna Speedway? Favorite thing? Me. It, yeah, well, yeah. The pit lizards. Dun, the, da, da, the pit da. lizards. <laughs> yeah. Um. Man, I love the speed. It's it's the fastest short track. Yeah, I think that hurts us a little bit. The 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 bigger track, the high banks, all the walls. Uh, I love the the thrill, the speed, the. Uh, it, it almost has that Daytona Talladega feel where when somebody spins, like you hold your breath because it could be real big. Oh yeah. You know, uh, so, I mean, one car wrecks at New Smyrna are sometimes bigger than any wreck you'll see at Showtime or Auburndale for a whole season, um, which you know is detrimental. But also, what makes New Smyrna so tough and, and makes me have so much respect for the racers that do race here um, is that they're able to come to the fastest track and run and, and control and tame this old beast that we have of a racetrack. Um, so that, uh, and just some of the competition I've seen there, there's been some great races. I mean, I'll never forget the the Tormod race that was a dead heat between, they're still trying to figure out who won between Anthony Nocella and Matt Hirschman. Matt Hirschman. I mean... Matt Hirschman thinks he won. Oh, Anthony Nocella thinks he won. I, I honestly don't think Anthony Nocella would have won that race if he didn't have that red bumper bar. I think that red bumper bar he didn't won him the race. race. They just gave him the trophy. Well, there you go. Um, always two sides of every story. Um, I think Anthony Nocella did win the race, but anyways, I had a pretty good look at the tower. Um, yeah, I've just you can have great competition at 
a, a, any kind of racetrack, the back back of your house, uh, running go karts in the woods. <laughs> Maybe not ours. <laughs> yeah, not here, but um, I just, you know. When I was getting back into short track racing, I maybe it was just because New Smart was the first track I got back into. So I, maybe I'm a little biased, but but yeah, I love the the people and the competition and the speed and the challenge. Um, I guess that's more than one thing, CJ. But um, those are those are just some of the things that that keep me drawn in there. Um, what's the worst thing I hate? I hate some of the things that I love are some of the things that I hate because everything that I talked about. Are are sometimes detrimental, and I honestly think the track size, although unique to most short tracks here, um, I think that hurts the car count. It's a motor track. I hate that it's a motor track. Engine, engine, but it's what people say is it's a motor track. Yeah, Ask anybody what they say, and they say it's a motor track. Um, I I hate that it's so motor dependent. Um, and then when rules are made to try to bring the competition back into it, bring it back into the driver's hands, people don't like that because anytime you lose an advantage, people people go off the deep end. So I, I think for me, the fact that it's such a motor track, in, I mean, the bigger track you have, the more engine slash motor dependent it's going to be. Um, so that's just kind of like the the counter deal to why I love it so much is what hurts it. I mean, if it was a track where Billy Bob Joe Farmer Ted can just come out and be just as competitive as Brad May or Jeff Schofield or, or Ty Majeski, um, or, you know, your your sister, um, your your sister's friend from high school that she knows can just come out and run with with Jim Snyder and Eddie Evans and the bomber just because, you know, that that there's that appeal and that's why the other shorter, you know, tracks are more appealing to some, but I, I think that would be the thing that I hate the most because it does, it does hinder us from time to time. But honestly, um, if it's like Richie Evans said, it's on, it's on the news Myrtle website. If you can win at news Myrtle, you can win anywhere in the world. I don't think you could say that about some of the other tracks. No. Uh, Eddie Evans asked, who is your pick on team of the year this year? So, um, is, uh, is he referring to that the, the hot lap awards that I do? Probably. Because I, I think I do that every every year. Oh, I'll save that for the, the hot lap. i got to save some content for, for the offseason for the new Smyrna page. Um, I, I'll have to sit down and think about all that. I need to know. Well, I haven't thought about no, that. No, this next question, I oh, need to know. You need to know what? Well, Dan Webb's dog win dog of the year. Absolutely. Yay. Absolutely, 100%. I can't believe. But not by, de- is it by default because the only other option is a goat? No, a goat's not even around anymore. I how could I give the award to someone? She sold the goat. I know it's not. Oh, Nugget's not around anymore. Nugget got DQ'd, so um, Dan Webb gets another win. I, I'll that that dog was there. There's so many great dogs. Uh, I love. You know, one of the racers came up to me. I think it was. Um, I think it was Nick Abatzis came up to me this past week and said, "Can we bring dogs if they're on a leash?" I'm like, "Absolutely." He's like, "I've been doing this wrong all year." So yeah, the yeah, dogs are my favorite. Bring bring your you know you can bring your dogs. Keep on a leash, please. Don't let them run around the pits. I tell Ed. I tell Romeo <laughs> Webb every time I see him. Thank you so much for your, bringing your daddy to the racetrack so I could see you. But yeah, Dan, Dan Webb hasn't had much luck this year. So sure, I guess um, I got to think about team of the year. Um, JCM Motorsports definitely up in the uh, up in the top running. I can tell you that much. I know that's what Eddie wants to hear. 
Well, Bromley Motorsports, they have the second cutest Peyton at the racetrack. That's right, second cutest. Uh, well, or third, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, have you met Brandon Monroe's Peyton? Spelt wrong, doesn't count. Okay, doesn't count. In a whole different lineage. Gotcha. <laughs> um, all right, what's next? Um, CJ asked, how early is too early to put up Christmas decorations? Asking for a friend. <laughs> uh, about the week. Uh, honestly, if it's right after Halloween, I don't talk to me. If you can't even get through, th- if we can't even celebrate the rest of fall and get through Thanksgiving, don't talk me, to me. I'm the friend. Um, I mean, December is fine because that's Christmas season. Heck, that November. December. Day after Thanksgiving. Uh, that okay? I'll I'll allow that. Um, I'm trying to see if there's anything that you actually know the answer to, because there's one about who's going to be filming Speed Weeks. We don't know. Yeah, uh, yeah, Track Pass is not going to be a thing. NBC Sports Network's not going to be a thing. I'm sure somebody will fill the void, but uh, I don't. There's nobody coming for Governor's Cup that I'm aware of. So oh, I don't know. I Jack don't know what's Hall asked one that's, and it used to be done. Uh, should tracks work together on roll books to make it easier for drivers to race multiple tracks without changing things all the time? And they used to do that. I, I say absolutely. I think all tracks should be aligned. I hate that there's super stocks and pure stocks and bomb V8 bombers and that's all the same shit minus a couple of things. And bomber A's aren't called mini stocks, which apparently it Oh, that was it. a question. Yeah, that, that was I, I'm going to address that next. Um, but I, I think all the tracks should look at similar cars, should have rules that are at least close enough to where you can go one track to the other. And I get this. You want to keep your cars here. I think somebody, glancing through this, didn't somebody talk about how some tracks try to put you on an island? Yeah, they don't want us to go, they don't want you to go to another, like, I am not singling this racetrack out at all. But so, like Jack, he just ran at Auburndale. I know he probably had to change stuff to the car. I remember with Modifieds, we had to change things every, from Orlando to New Smyrna sure. every weekend. Gear, for sure. With two Modifieds. Mm-hmm. And it's not just the gears. It's the shocks, the springs, the weight. A lot weight. of other things. It's everything. Well, not everything. We weren't changing the engine. Sometimes the carburetor. But, uh, like, Auburndale, their rules aren't exactly the same as ours. That doesn't mean that Auburndale's like, oh, no, it's because they don't want to go race New Smyrna. They're not, I don't think they're trying to keep anybody on an island. I think everybody's just so set in their own ways. I, I think that a lot of the rules stem from a time where maybe that was the case. So it's not as cut and dry. Um, I love that late models right now are pretty much uh, cut and dry. You know, mm-hmm. a pro late can go to New Smyrna to. Uh, to Nashville, to Mesa, not Mesa Marin, um, the, the track in California. Um, late models can go everywhere. If they're running a super late model race, it's super late model rules. I love that. Mm-hmm. You go to any track you want. Because here's the thing. I, from what I've seen just, you know, six years of really paying attention to all this stuff, drivers that want to go to a certain track are going to go to that certain track. I'll use William Hyman as an example. Uh, if he wants to go to Citrus and run with the Pure Stocks, he's going to take that same 89 car that he runs Super Stocks with and go there. He's coming to run the LKQ Super Stock race during Governor's Cup with that same car. So those that want to run somewhere are going to run somewhere. Um, I think they should. I, I think we really should get all the cars on the same rules like we've done with the late models. Just make it so where, you know, Bobby Holly wants to go. Bobby Holly could right now if he wanted to, but make it to where he can just pack up and go. Um, the, from what I've seen, I did a whole episode with, with Hype Motorsports about points. You get two, three, four guys that run for points, then everybody else goes, they either race part-time or race different tracks. Just make it to where these people can race and keep it simple. That's yeah. what I think. 
Now, there was a, another question that came in that I definitely want to address, and it was from uh, Jared Zebley. He asked, why are the bombers not called the mini stocks yet? Right? That was one of the questions. Yeah. Right? Um, the Here's the simple answer to that. Jane Hart loves the name the bombers. And guess what? What Jane Hart likes or what Jane Hart wants, Jane Hart gets. It's her racetrack now. Oh, yeah. If, if you all don't know, she's the gatekeeper. She's the the one that everything funnels down to. And if something's going to happen, Jane Hart's got to want it to happen, folks. Um, I, I remember when we brought back the Bomber Bees, and I said to Holly, and I was like, you know, what a stupid name. We have we already have the Bombers. Why do we got to have two Bombers? Why don't we have the fans vote on the name of this class? Let's make it fun, you know, for starting a new division. Why Bomber B? And Holly looked at me and goes, Jane Hart loves the Bomber name. There ain't no change in it. Go with it. That's so. I mean, that is that is the short. Sure, are, have bombers advanced from what they were when I first started? Absolutely. Could you argue that they could be called mini stocks? Sure. They're not really stock. That was his. Uh, yeah, combat. yeah. I know there's a lot of things that have changed, but I mean, what's the difference? What's the difference other than a name? I and mean, what? Really, who really cares about the name? What is in a name? Sorry, Shakespeare. Right. Right. Uh, I don't know. I commented back to Jared and just put a picture of his mini stock. Yeah, well, that's mini, a, mini stocks are now mod minis. So yeah, it's it, things evolve, things change. But super mini light models. Jane Hart loves the bombers, so the bombers will remain. So I think you said we had one more, and then we'll get out of here. Yeah, and it's kind of a fun one. All right, Kenny Roth, can we do a metal concert one race, like a low <laughs> class count night? I don't know that Sam Sula would appreciate that. I mean, I've I've played some. Um, some things that I've gotten some eyeballs for. I, I pushed the limits a little bit. I remember one night after Speed Weeks, there, there's a guy there working for Speed 51, uh, Rob Blunt. We got to talking, and he saw one of my metal shirts, and he was like, oh, cool stuff. And so he was talking about Mastodon. He's like, have you heard the new Mastodon? I was like, yeah, it's pretty good. And I played a Mastodon song at the end of the night, and he came over and was just like, hell yeah, man, that's awesome. Um, I would love to play more of my type of music. I'm more of a metalhead. Um, progressive metal kind of guy. It's what I enjoy. Um, as I alluded to earlier, music is a big part of my life. I'm a metalhead. Um, you- but Kenny, I don't. I don't need to be driving away the seventy whatever fans that we do get because I'm playing music that's you know a little too uh, a little too hard for for some of these these country folk. Do you remember the random night? I forget when it was, but Devin McLeod was there. And that's oh. this is how that you randomly played like Nelly or something. Yeah. And my phone started blowing up because so, it was the wrong playlist. And I think it it was a bad song. You had spruced up the playlist a little a little bit because Margo is more in touch with the modern radio yeah. poppy what people like to listen to music, I guess, the easy stuff. Um and she had spruced up my pr- playlist. And apparently she had put, I don't know, the, the interface that we use is Amazon Music. And on the, the pad that I use, it, it can be a bit tricky. And somehow the wrong song got put on the wrong playlist or I played the wrong playlist maybe. Yeah, and I think it, it was you played the wrong one because it was definitely like EI by Nelly. Oh and Lord. it's <laughs> not here, a great here's song, the thing but with it's the, really not a good here, song. Here's the thing with the music is I hit play at six o'clock when we open the gate. And I let it play. I, I put it on shuffle. I put it on random. And I let it play. I don't really pay attention to what song is on. I just kind of do the slider up and down. Turn it yeah. on, turn it off. That way it's it's there if we have a, a long caution. 
uh, it's something to fill the the time. Uh, but it's not like something that I sit there and be like, oh, let me play this song now. Every now and then, if if you know uh, the music been off for a while and I'm just putting music back on, I'll find a song that that's more upbeat or more fits the mood. But a lot of times I just put it on and let it go. And apparently that had happened. I was in the pits. Yeah, I wasn't even were, up there. You were in the pits and my phone started blowing up because of course it's my friends. They know my music. Yeah. And they're like, um, did you pick this song? And I'm like, what the hell so, is playing? I was in turn four. I so can't needle- hear anything. Needless to say, after that night, we went, we went through whatever playlist and made sure all the bad stuff was out of it. So, um, occasionally, the wrong thing is played. I remember one night I went to play the national anthem and I accidentally clicked on Volbeat. So that was fun. That's not what anybody was expecting. Oh, yeah. um, a warrior's call at that. A great song, but Wonderful not song. what people were expecting for the national anthem. Um, I've had the national anthem not work. Um, I remember one, uh, the first time I announced at Orlando, I had to play the national anthem from my phone and just hold it there. So, um, n- the adventures I've had up in that booth, I love it. That's part of what keeps me on my toes. I think a concert would be fun. A metal concert? Let's yeah. get between the bear and me to play in the infield. That'd be great. Their songs last longer than our races. Sometimes, yes. But that's all right. I have the attention span of a squirrel now. I know. That's why you listen to music that's two and a half minutes long. But, um, you know, hey, the track does have, does have space in the infield. They could definitely hold concerts. That would be interesting. Um, Kenny, uh, give me a passable song to add to the playlist that's a little more heavy, and I'll put it on there for you. Um, I appreciate. Oh, I can so come up with <laughs> some of those. I, I think next year I'll definitely we'll, we'll definitely need to sit down early off season and put some new stuff on there, so it's not as stale. Uh, but music is yeah, because I think the newest thing you added on there is like life is a highway. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's the same playlist from the beginning of the year. So I I, I apologize the music is stale, but if you're coming to the racetrack to listen to music. Man, I don't know. Bring your iPhone. I, I don't know. I do, and my my AirPods, so I don't have to hear the annoying. The, the music is just when I'm. It, it's literally just to help me out. So that was just the dog kicking the back door. He's our dog is sitting in here watching us and getting mad that we're not paying him any attention. So I think that is a good sign to wrap this up. Appreciate everyone. Uh, first of all, uh, who listens to the show, but I appreciate everybody asking the questions, um, making for a very entertaining show and. When you're listening to this back, I apologize if there's any weird cuts. Um, having a little some technical issues here throughout this, so if it randomly seems like it jumped from one word to the next, I did have to to stop and re-record a few things. So bear with us there. Um, sometimes technology um, does its own thing, but uh, again, we appreciate everybody listening. Margo, thanks for taking some time and kind of narrating the questions. That made it a lot smoother for for us to get there. Yeah, I so. thought that would. Good. It did. We'll definitely um, we'll definitely do this kind of segment again. Um, Hope you enjoyed the first part of the show. Big thank you um, to our great sponsors. And again, if anybody does want to support the show, five dollars an episode. Um, You know, we we got Hype Motorsports on board. Um, They're kind of like a they're they're more or less a permanent sponsor. And um, we've had some people come on. I've got some interest. So again, five dollars an episode, and uh, we get you as a partner of the show. Um, the listener count continues to be more than I ever could have thought. The, the last couple of shows have all been in the thousands. Uh, we've had a couple of shows over 5,000. So 
Is there a certain time limit you have to listen to it before it counts you as a listener? You know, I don't know how the I, I don't know if the number is just people that hit play or people that listen for a certain amount of time. Because like sometimes it automatically plays when I'm trying to get to my other one, and I totally don't mean no, I'm just kidding. It might count as a play. Uh, I just you know I, I'm not in this for the plays, but the fact that this this you know the the last couple of episodes have been over five thousand. No, it's super. The, cool. the number has been over five thousand. So. Whether that's people listening all the way through, I highly doubt. But, uh, you know, I know there are people that people will text me and say, hey, just listen to your podcast. It's a great job. And that's, you know, that's why I do it. Uh, just trying to cover a l- little bit more uh, of this racing stuff. Um, you know, I know we sprinkle some NASCAR stuff in here from time to time. But, anyways, long winded show today. But oh, the, the one questions... more question for you. Oh, okay. What's that? Who's winning the championship, Kyle Larson or Kyle Larson? Well, I already covered that, but you, you weren't in here for the first part of the I show. Wasn't. But, um, uh, earlier in the show, I, I stuck with my prediction from two weeks ago when I was talking. This this was before Martinsville. Um, I said I'm rooting for Blaney. Blaney was kind of my my underdog. He was, he was my pick that I would be cheering for. He didn't make it, but I originally said I'm rooting for Blaney. I think it's going to be Truex. Truex survived Martinsville. He dominated Phoenix. Well, not dominated, but ran really good, really strong at Phoenix early in the year. Won the race. I think Martin Truex. Uh, even though he hasn't been so hot the last oh four or five months of the season, I think Martin Truex is going to win. Who do you got? It's Chase, Kyle. Yeah, Chase Elliott, Kyle Larson, Martin Truex Jr., and oh, no. Um, oh, my goodness. Who's the fourth guy? How I'm blanking on it now. I just talked about it. Denny Hamlin? Denny, yeah, yeah, fuck that no guy. No wonder I forgot. Yeah, yeah that's, fuck that that's guy. The, that's oh, the, can I say yeah, that Yeah, it's, it's fine. <laughs> uh, cover your ears, folks. Um, yeah, Denny Hamlin is would be my least favorite pick. Um, hack. Honestly, uh, I, I'm root. I, I, Martin Truex is, is my pick. That's who I'm gonna be rooting for on Sunday. Um, see, I'm second. Hen- I'm Hendrick all the way. So second will be Chase, and he'd probably be on the top of the list. But he won last year, so looking for something different. Then Larson would be my third, and fourth will be Denny Hamlin because I just don't like the hack. I mean, the guy. <laughs> Heck life forever, yo. So, uh, yeah, my pick is definitely Chase, but I, I, it's yeah. gonna be Kyle Larson. And no, I, I don't know. Kyle's been, he's looked pretty even with these guys on the the seven fifty tracks. So we'll I see. Really hope it's Chase again, and it doesn't get spoiled for me. Yeah, we'll be at quarter midgets this weekend, so um, I don't know if we'll be watching live or not, but we'll we'll watch it. Just uh, when we get when we start it, we'll just put our phones away. Hard to do, I know, but. All right, guys, that's going to wrap up this edition of the Racing with Ryan podcast. Thanks for all the great questions. That was a ton of fun. I'm definitely going to do that. Probably do that uh, as we swing into the new year. Um, we'll have a show here next week. We'll, we'll talk about the NASCAR finale. We'll talk a little quarter midgets. I think we're going to have one of our quarter midget kids as a special guest. So that's still something different to look forward to. Always evolving with the show. We're always going to look to do things a little bit different. So I hope you enjoyed the questions. I know this was a long episode, but I appreciate everybody listening. And I hope you all get out to your favorite racetrack this weekend. And we'll talk to you on the next episode.